Hello Shanti, could you please introduce yourself? Thank you Ian, my name is Shanti Thompson, I'm the current chairperson for the management committee of the Queensland Working Women's Service. Um, I'm a former employee of the service from 97 to 2003 uh, and have been the man on the management committee for the past five years. Are you one of the 20,000? <laughs> um, Ian, yes, I am a public servant. Um, whether or not I'm one of the 20,000 is yet to be determined. Okay. What is the Queensland Working Women's Service? How was it set up and what services does it provide? The Working Women's Service was uh, created in 1994. It was set up to be an information and advocacy service for women who are not union members, who are vulnerable, i.e. they work in vulnerable employment, earn low incomes and are therefore less able to access alternative forms of advocacy such as legal services. Um, so a lot of what the service does is provide a telephone service, uh, advocate for women in the industrial relations commissions and the anti-discrimination jurisdictions, but the service also provides an educative function. Uh, we deliver training, uh, training and workshops for a range of like school, everything from schools to factories to big businesses, mining companies, so on and so forth. When and how was the Working Women's Service cut? Well, we got a verbal notification that, the, that state government funding was being withdrawn on the 15th of June. We had a representative from the department speak to our management committee the next week who again verbally advised us that it was uh, the it was budgetary decision and advised us that we'd get something in writing. We have yet to receive confirmation in writing. What funding did the Queensland Working Women's Service get and how many jobs does it support now? We have a combination of state and federal funding. The majority of funding for the service, 80% of the funding, is from the state government uh, and that's the funding that's been cut. We had been getting about 150000 from the Federal Employee Employment and Workplace Relations Department. That recent, We'd recently negotiate for that to be increased to 270000 but unfortunately that still is only 20% of the funding that the service currently needs to continue on its current employment basis. So we employ approximately 11 people in a range of part-time positions, job sharing, uh, because of previous cuts in the past, uh, very few people who work full-time in the, in the community, in community sector, so we have mostly part-time employees. And are they spread all over the state? Not at the moment. We used to have regional coordinators, I used to be one of them in Rockhampton back in the late 90s, across the state, but again, because of funding cuts in the past, so being coalesced to work, uh, set up in an office in Brisbane, but we provide a 1-800 service across the state and we do travel across the state to deliver training and advocacy where required. So there's a lot of cost involved in that as well, so that all these services will just go is, is pretty much what uh, you're saying? This is, this is our concern, is that at this point in time we are unable to continue on 20% of the funding. Uh, we need a minimum of 500000 to keep operating in some capacity, well, as, as a basic service, doesn't mean our, it means we will lose staff, but that's the minimum that we can basically operate on and be a functional service. We don't have that. We need to negotiate to find alternative sources of funding. If we can't do that, then the service will have to close and that will be a loss to the 2,000 plus employee women who ring our service each year. Last night I looked at your website yep. and I noticed that it has a special area for members. Yes. And 
what what sort of assistance does it provide there? Uh, it provides sort of extra information about what the service is doing, information specifically to help them uh, you know, deal with particular queries they might be having. We tried to provide as much information as possible that's publicly available. And I should mention that when I say that we, uh, the Working Women's Service is an incorporated body, but also auspices a second service, which is purely state-funded, which is a Young Workers Advisory Service, and that no longer has absolutely no funding whatsoever. So we also have a second website, which provides lots of links to social networking as a platform to target young workers. We probably ac uh, target more young workers through those social and online platforms as opposed to face-to-face -face or over the phone and that's just a matter of the way in which young people like to access information. So is that uh, young workers trying to get access to things like apprenticeships or is it other is broader than that like uh, different it's, education? It's everything from the people trying to access employment through a tra training and apprenticeship but also young workers well anyone under young, under 25 who may be experiencing problems at work or has questions about their employment conditions. Sometimes it's a matter of educating young people and women about what are their entitlements, what award are they under, is there a union that they can join, um, what are their rights if they have a problem or an issue with their employer. Of course a lot of the women that you help are not under the state award, they're under federal award, so you're providing assistance in two levels of government there, aren't you? you yes. It's a state and it's a Commonwealth yes. level, and yet you mentioned that you only get 20% funding from the Commonwealth. That's right. Is there any way that can be addressed? Well, that's certainly part of the strategy that the organisation is working on, is how to negotiate with the federal government to increase the funding that they provide for the service so that it can be maintained in some format. Um, there was an independent report that was uh, done on all of the working women's services around the country. There's also one in the Northern Territory and in South Australia and an employment service in WA. And that report found that it is important for there to be sustainable funding for these services because they have an important role in the community. So there is an independent report that shows that we should be around, we should get sustainable funding. So we're hoping that the federal government will be willing to negotiate to maintain the service. How many jobs are likely to be lost? Well, I guess that depends on what kind of funding we can secure over the next uh, short period of time. Um, we have limited funding to maintain us at the moment, but it's running out rapidly. Uh, the funding for the working Young Workers Advisory Service has ceased completely, so we are operating on minimal savings that we've had over time. So we are currently having lots of discussions with staff and with the management committee about how we can maintain services at the moment and what we need to do to try to get a quick resolution to our dire financial circumstances. If um, the workers in the Working Women's Service lose their jobs, what will be the impact on them? Well, I'm really concerned about what's going to happen to staff. I and the rest of the management committee feel very, very upset about the fact that people may be losing their jobs. People that we've had relationships with in this organisation for some time. Uh, and the community sector is an area that is very precarious at the moment. I know that we are not the only community organisation that's been defunded. So the, 
the chances of getting further employment in the community sector, I'm not confident about it, I have to say, Ian. Um, but, you know, we like to think that a professional development that we provide for our staff will hopefully make them attractive employees in the industrial relations arena, um, but they will be an invaluable loss to the community sector. And if Campbell Newman uh, dissolves enterprise bargaining and abolishes the QIRC, what happens then? That doesn't change the fact that the majority of, of workers are covered under a federal system. So the state system really at this point in time covers public servants. Yes. Um, so that doesn't change the fact that there will be, still be vulnerable workers out there, vulnerable women in insecure employment, uh, not, of whom not all are union members, who still need help. Okay. Um, is there uh, is a fight back against these cuts possible? We hope so. We're certainly working really hard to get advice and to start making appointments to speak to people. We would like to speak to uh, you know people in the federal government about uh, what options we have to renegotiate the funding that they provide to us. We're certainly trying to explore what other alternative forms of funding we might be able to source. Um, you know, we've been covered by the state government for many, many years. And despite the fact that the industrial relations system was succeeded to the federal government, so the majority of cases are under the federal system, previously we'd had an incredibly supportive relationship with the state government who'd been funding us and funding us the majority of our services funding for many years. So it is a great loss, but I do want to acknowledge the fact that we have had a good relationship with the Department of Industrial Relations in previous years. I read in The Australian on Wednesday a quote from Therese Rain, who is the CEO of Igneous and has secured many government contracts for the employment of women Australia-wide and in the UK. And she said, the problem for women is that they don't ask for a pay rise. And she then quoted another CEO who said, this is a man, in the 10 years I've been in this position, I've never once been asked by a woman for a pay rise. Plenty of male employees have done so, but no women. What, do you, what comment do you have on that? I think that's a demonstration of the fact that men and women are still not equal in the workplace. I think it would be fantastic if women had equal bargaining power in the workplace and I think successful women like Therese Rain certainly do. She's certainly a role model to women everywhere about the fact that women can succeed, can succeed in the business area, run their own business and be a successful woman in her own right. Um, and she comes across as a person who would have no problems whatsoever negotiating on her own behalf. I guess the reality is, is that there is still a discrepancy in the pay equity. The there's still a difference between male and female rates of pay. Uh, there are still the issue that women are most commonly in more vulnerable forms of employment, casual and part-time employment, and often in areas of employment that are more vulnerable to economic downturn. Hospitality, retail, these are industries that have been greatly hit by the global financial crisis um, and when jobs get cut, unfortunately, sometimes it's still the women who get, get their, their jobs cut. And I think there are more and more women who are more and more 
aware of their rights and their entitlements and feeling more confident about standing up and saying so and asking for what they feel their, their, their worth should be, um, it would be great if all women felt that way and hopefully services like the Working Women's Service can continue to operate to help women aim for that. Um, and I guess that just shows that another reason why the Working Women's Service is a valuable um, service in the community. What can our listeners do to help the Queensland Working Women's Service? Well, we're starting a bit of a campaign. So we have a, a petition on change.org, which is calling on the Federal Industrial Relations Commissioner, uh, Minister Bill Shorten to provide us funding to, make, to enable the service to stay open. So that's the first step. Over the next uh, period of time, we're going to be getting in contact with uh, members of parliament, particularly federal members of parliament. So we would call on people who are interested in supporting the service to approach their local members of parliament, the federal members of parliament, the state members of parliament, to talk about why they think the service should be maintained. Um, we've assisted thousands and thousands of women since 1994 um, to achieve some measure of justice for themselves and I think it's important that we say that this service is important and needs to be continued. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity Ian. Um, I think it's important to let the community know what the Working Women's Service does and the services that it provides. I think over the years we've tried to play a role in advocating for big picture issues for women, particularly workplace bullying, which was an issue that we highlighted from the beginning of the service. We have done a lot of research in conjunction with universities to highlight the issues of workplace bullying in the, in the, in the workplace. Um, and I think to this day, we are a service that remains passionate about doing what we can to assist women and young people who are facing difficulties, vulnerabilities, who are facing unemployment to get some measure of justice. How can they contact people who are involved in this campaign? Uh, you can contact the Working Women's Service on 1800 621 458 or go to our website which is www www.qws.org.au Very good. Thank you very much, Shanti. Thank you.